they did. They changed their UI. Yeah, yeah. What's funny is Mike's not going to go back and fix that. So Never know. probably going to hear this. We're going to talk, yeah. It's weird. No lyrics! <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Keith and Mike. Watch Deep Space Nine. We do. You know, and talk over the theme song. I worked so hard on it. So hard. But, you know, I started it, so it is entirely my fault. I'm Keith Farney. That's Mike and Daglio. Today we are talking about Deep Space Nine, Season 3, Episode 10, Fascination. And I am fascinated to find out what you think of this episode. How's it yeah. going, Mike? I uh, Well, I'm, I'm embarrassed, Keith, first of all, because I was thinking about it. Why I... Th- when we're not doing 25 shows, I'm thinking about them. So it's, you know, I feel bad enough for you guys for having to look at us and listen to us. But I feel bad for me for having to think about it all the time. And it's almost annoying because my wife is like a fan of our channel. And so she talks about it a lot. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this right now. Anyway, so I was a little embarrassed because I referred to this episode as um, uh, 12th in on my uh-huh. on my YouTube or on my watch along, but I, I think it's more midsummer, wouldn't you say? It's yeah, it's it's midsummer for sure. Yeah, so well, I guess it's got elements. There's a it's Shakespearean, nonetheless. It's very Hamlet. No, <laughs> not Othello. <laughs> it's very Othello. Uh, it's very it, King Lear. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I have thoughts. We'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm 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 excited about it. Uh, yeah. So lots of uh, fun interaction this week. I'm excited about it. So you know. Uh, before we introduce our patrons, we have a we have a, we have an apology to make to our, our good friend Sans Deity, who uh, left a comment on Meridian, right, uh, and left it with the super tip, which thus qualifies you legally, morally, ethically, and practically mm-hmm. uh, to have your comment read here. Uh, but guess what, YouTube, when I go and I and I look for the comments, right, there's one the default sort. D- didn't show the comment mm-hmm. so i didn't so you know after you mentioned it i I went back and i checked it and i i sorted it differently and up it came but i swear to you if you go there and do the default sort it won't be there so before we do our patrons let us uh allow sans deity to weigh in on meridian and i'm actually really glad uh, that you pointed it out because this is pretty funny so uh and that was two episodes ago meridian So, Sans Deity says, This episode is a stain on this entire series. Dax would never act like this. I skip a few episodes on rewatch, and only my duty to watch every episode along with this podcast had me watch it again. Yeah, me too. Mr. Meridian, what you have just shown is one of the most insanely idiotic episodes I have ever watched. At no point in your rambling, incoherent plot were you close to anything that can be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this audience is now dumber for having watched it. I award you zero stem bolts and may the prophets have mercy on your path. That changes some math. For sure. It sure does. In fact, it changes the the viewer average down to 43.16. So, officially, Mike, it is 
half bad. Okay, well, there we go. We have a call back to the joke from last week. Very oh. impressed. Uh, yeah. Just before we even get there, you, yeah. so, so last night at very late at night, uh, CEO Jen was home for, Chancellor Jen was home for a moment, and she weighed in. She put her comments into last week's episode, so she gets in for this week's for the ranking. Make sure you oh, read yes. it, that's what I'm saying. Oh, 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 okay, yes. Well, you, you know what? You you pull it up and, and you read it. It's on YouTube I, I'm, I'm afraid not... to open up the YouTubes, because now I got all confused last time. Oh. All right. You... <laughs> uh, are you right, serious? That's... Do you need me to pull it up? No, no, that's fine. All right, okay. you all right. You introduce our patrons and tell them what they're getting while okay. I pull up Chancellor Jen's. Hey, comment. everybody! You can join the super fans on the page, and yes. they there's we give them so much to watch. We really it's really become a full time job just to keep up with all of our nonsense. But they're here. Uh, we've got Bryant, Kimball, Biersuck, Brian Kaufman, Casey Clark, Jason Moe, Bren Joshua, Andrew Hayes. Jorge Navoa, and the mysterious Worf's boot shivs, Richard Coleman, Charles Babbage, CRM Productions, Nikolai Ivanovich, Lobachevsky, at Grim underscore Toys, Delusions at Noon, JD Makes, Holland Dagan, Chris Mitchell, CRM, and Pat. And that's the special tier of people who make us stuff. And Keith, that reminds me, mm. before we forget yet another thing, we had something we wanted to do here. Oh, yes. So why don't you start giving the rankings? I'll go okay. fetch that. Yes. Then we'll come back and we'll, it'll all be, okay. I won't have to edit anything. This episode's going to be a big mess. Go. <laughs> but that's what we're going to do. All right. So with our rankings here on The Defiant, right? So that was last week's episode. I know we, we opened up like a whole like wormhole or whatever. So uh, here are the ratings from you on The Defiant. If you would like to be on this list, all you got to do is leave a comment on YouTube and give us a numerical ranking one out of 100 stem bolts, and we will you into the official tally so the defiant got an 85 from joshua cronin who i feel like we might be seeing something from yeah very soon jason mo gives it a 74 jd gives it a 90 delusions at noon also gives it a 90 and don't worry this time i freaking saw it sans deity who says uh with the super tip which allows me to read the comment i really liked this episode the one thing that I wish they had done, though, is hold off on the reveal that it was Thomas and not Will Riker. Mm. Once that's revealed, I feel any real cool, interesting, or aspects of him being Riker is a little lost. If they had fooled us into thinking it was number one, I think we could have done a more interesting things and maybe even said more about the Maquis in general, since you're a legend backing them up, not the multiplicity version. I think that is so smart. Mm-hmm. I think that absolutely would have made it a much better episode because we all would have been like, what the hell's going on with Riker? What the what? Yeah. For much longer, that would have been great. Uh, they continue, and you are absolutely right about Dukat. What makes him such a powerful character and the best villain Star, Star Trek has ever produced in those moments it are those moments where you see his humanity. Dukat is just incredibly well-written and acted. He can just waltz into any episode and make it great. And now, sans waste your time with Non-A-Visitor fanboying. Once again, Non-A-Visitor shows why I think she's the best actor on the show. Her character is so complex. I love the episodes where her new position in life sort of clash with her past as a terrorist. Yes, completely. Completely badass, but, in a, but with a vulnerability that's always just under the surface. She more than holds her own with a giant franchise giant of the franchise like frakes in this episode 
84.55 self-sealing stem bulbs. Hell yeah, they are self-sealing! All right, and uh, that Keith's gives making us up an, for it. That's an average of 84.71, but we need to have our Chancellor weigh in as well. This time, uh, in text, Chancellor Jen says, should, should we do it in uh, Klingon? I, I can't. I got a tickle. <laughs> Thumbs up from Chancellor Jen. I love Ducat and Cisco scenes, and Nana Visitor is so, so good in this episode. It was action-packed and loved everything except the weird kiss. 93 from wow. me. So uh, we, it's time to declare a winner, folks. The average was 84.71, the closest to ooh, me mm. at an 88. So on the uh, bell curve, we'd be throwing out Jens and and uh, Sands because they they were the highest and the lowest. Uh, well, yes, I suppose that's true. But no, that's Jason Mo how... was lowest on this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, hated it. No, no, it was a seventy-four. That's oh, we're not, talking two weeks hate. ago was the zero. Two weeks ago. Oh, Meridian. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're talking right, about yeah, the define. Yeah. I know it's it's very confusing, but that that's because of my mistake. We got to make it right. Speaking of confusing, Keith, remember when on Geekly I made you drop down to twenty-four frames? Did you keep it there? I think I'm at thirty now. Okay, that's cool. Uh, whatever. So, folks, I got in the mail here a little package, and yeah. uh, that package is uh, made out to Mike and Deglio care of Look at My Star Trek Toys. Yeah. Uh, from friend of the show, Joshua Cronin, right? Friend Joshua. Friend Joshua, excuse me. Uh, Both. Yeah. We'll call you whatever you want, really, at the end of the day. So, so many, so many weeks ago, you might recall that by, oh, that's OBS, sponsored by OBS. Uh, you might recall that I had, we had watched an episode, The House of Quark, and I just said out there, you know what? I need a quark in his in his Klingonian Klingonian <laughs> Klingish Klingish wardrobe. I had said maybe the robes, but uh, turns out yeah, that's a little bit that's, that's asking a little too much, I think. So all I, have, all I can say is this, Mike. Hope you like your Klingon quark with Batlith. What? The, with hand, the hands are glued on, so careful if they come undone. You can just reapply them. It's best to put the batleth in his right hand, facing upwards for display. Head is a little tight, but can turn a bit if you like. Please share on your podcast. If you Wait. don't like it, just keep it to yourself. Long live and prosper, Bren Joshua. Wait, so is it, let's just let's just wrap this up. So, so Joshua, you manifested this into reality. He did. And Joshua just mailed it to you? Just like, okay, I'll just make that and then send it to you? Yes. Now, I said, let me pay you. That's amazing. Let me commission. Yes. And of uh -huh. course, he refused because our viewers are too generous. So, look, enough about me. House of Quark needs Battle Quark. And yes! If I can... Come on, Focus. Oh, dude, that's amazing. Isn't that cool? <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. But as he said, you know, I know he doesn't need to fight, but he needs to give the illusion of fighting, Keith. Mm. Uh, he doesn't need to fight for now. Oh, spoiler. Hold on. I don't want to break his glued hand. Oh, man. Oh, Look, that he's got, is... even got the little, like... Oh, hell yeah. He's got the full battle armor there. Oh, and he's, and he's got the... The, his the the his head thingy. Mm -hmm. What I don't know what you call that for battle. Oh, that's so cool. 
I get. I think I need to use this camera for toys because it's much better focused than our. It is. It is much better focused. Wow. Uh, Mr. Cronin, you have outdone yourself once again. That is phenomenal. That's really cool. That's I'm so excited. So he's going to go uh, up with my other quark who sits and watches me from from up there. So thank you so much. I'm so excited to finally take that out of the box. <laughs> it's been weeks. I know. Like he's like whenever you send Mike something, he is like a, an eight year old on like the, the run up to Christmas. He's like, can we open it? Can we open it? Can we open it? I'm like, you got to open it on camera, buddy. You can't just You're open right. it. That is the whole entire and point not of what share we do, it. So uh, that's phenomenal. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I feel. I mean, I didn't get very it, but I, I'm thanking you on behalf of of the mm. K and M Empire. I got very excited uh, too because the other day I got my final Prodigy figure in as we're uh, doling out our reviews of those, and it, it said care of Mike and Deglio. Look at my Star Trek toys, and I was so excited. I was like, "Oh my god, we've made it!" And then I realized, "Oh, I I typed that you, in." You 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 wrote that in, yeah. <laughs> and then I felt dumb <laughs> for not remembering that. <laughs> You know, I think that's like the equivalent of like when you're in middle school and like you're practicing your autograph for when you're famous on the back of your math book. Uh huh. Yeah. It's very, yes. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Oh my God. All right. So let, I think we are finally ready to talk about this episode. What do you say, Mike? Let's do it. All right. So, Fascination, Season 3, Episode 10, aired on November 28th, 1994. Still full from Thanksgiving mm, uh, in my freshman year of high school. And uh, I'm very excited and sad to say this is the grand finale of the top song. I will salute while Mike serenades that turkey. I'll make love to you with some extra aju and some mashed potatoes. Now I can't touch my toes. I need new <laughs> jeans because I ate too many green beans and that stuffing is great. But I ate too much late and some pumpkin pie. Put it in my tummy to die. <laughs> Now uh, my thought... cholesterol is about as cooked as that bird was. Oh yeah! Thank you. We salute you, show song. Wow, wow! There it is. Thank you so much. To I'll make love to you, and uh, I feel like I, I look forward to the season desist. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but but Mike is Mike is firing on all cylinders. I'm I'm sleepy because I had, like yeah, I I had to bad. get up for like testing in the morning. But Mike is like right. I slept. Stuff. My watch tells me it's the first night in like two weeks. I slept more than six hours, so I was awesome. Oh my god, I would die. Well, uh, good. Mike's gonna carry the episode today. Okay. The top movie was the Santa Claus. The desantification process has begun. I did not see that one. It took oh. in twenty million dollars. It's one of my favorites. Dollars. Okay, and I'll, I'll uh, say this: I love that. Let me let me point this out, Keith, to cross mm-hmm. over into K and M Geekly. They yeah. reboot. They were like jumping on the reboot wagon, and they made a whole series about the Santa Claus. They released on streaming. I, I don't know what service. Trash, oh. trash. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it's a good idea. Sometimes it's not. No. You know, and we've seen that in the Star Trek world, where it's sort of been both. All right, Mike, uh, so there was no streaming yet. No. Right, your dial-up, you know, AOL, I don't even mm-hmm. know if we were at like uh, 28.8 or maybe 36K 56, a second. 56.6. 56, 56. Uh, yeah. 56K, yeah, that was, the, that, was the, that was the big leap. I remember 
Because we, we had a 14-4, then mm-hmm. a 28, and then we we did the 56. I thought we were going hyperspeed. But there was still uh, not a lot of live video streaming at that point. So what was on our television that night? Nothing great, Keith. Nothing great. Uh, Coach was airing a new episode called Out of Control, Monday Night Football. Your San Francisco 49ers destroyed the New Orleans Saints 35-14. to 14. Murphy Brown, mm. Party of Five. But I found something interesting I wanted to share, Keith, because in 1994, you know, we've been talking a lot about Broadway lately, and I was trying to remember, I was like, what was rocking in 1994? Now, first things first, um, there was, I can't believe it was so long ago, because the movie came out in like 92, if I'm not mistaken, but you, you, you forget that what really started the Broadway Disney Menagerie was was this great thing opened in 1994. We were in April oh. of 94. That's yeah. all you get because I don't want the cease and desist. But uh, we don't want to, to cease and desist. But Keith, also, um, this is such a, a such a deep take, t- deep cut. But you might know I'm a huge fan of the Golden Girls, and. Sure. Recently, I've been going on a deep dive. Uh, I went on this weird deep dive yesterday because I found somebody who like spliced the original cast recording of Hades Town with a, a Broadway bootleg boot. of it to like, and right. it, it just it put my mind on spin. So I was, I went down a rabbit hole. Anyway, it broke Mike apparently. Did you know that they actually filmed an off the so nonsense, which is a a regional darling of a show. Uh, ran off Broadway for I think like twelve years, fourteen years, something crazy, uh, eighty five to ninety four or something like that. Okay. Um, it closed in nineteen ninety four. Closed uh, right around now where we're watching this episode, which is why it's prescient to this. To this, well, it's it's a loose connection, but regardless, it closed in ninety four. But its final cast, which was actually filmed for television, Keith, and you can actually really? find a video of it starred as the Mother Superior role. I think it's the Mother Superior role. I don't know the show that well, but it doesn't matter to me because it was none other than my favorite golden girl, <laughs> Rue McLennan. And you can actually watch a filmed version. See the spotlight. Oh my God. But apparently it's on the set of Grease. Oh no, they're doing a community theater production of, Ge- of Grease. It, it must be. But anyway, you can or... catch this. And, and of course, you know, it's on YouTube also, so. Yeah, where was it on the what? What theater was that? The West Side? No, theater at St. Clements, I think. They did this at theater at St. Yeah, Clements. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, turn that off before yeah. we. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's 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 what was happening. Uh, Greece with Rosie O'Donnell was on Broadway, and a um, uh, Megan Mo, 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 Milani Milani is in like her breakout one of her breakout roles. Mick Mulvaney was playing <laughs> Rizzo. Yeah, you catch that bootleg if you can. <laughs> Uh, Disney was was infiltrating Broadway for the first time, and uh, Rue McClanahan was rocking uh, theater at St. Clement's, like the, like well, the best of us. Well, there we go. Yeah. Deep cuts from Mike, who yeah. uh, uh, Mike who has slept comes with his homework yeah. done, folks. Yeah. Look at that. All right. Well, only one last piece of hard hitting news before we actually talk about the episode and stop wasting your time. Uh, but this is very important yeah, from the is. weekly world news headline mom gives birth to 17 babies Oof. at once it's a new world record mike didn't they make a reality show out of that didn't it become less uh, weekly world news and more just reality tv show fodder at some point it be it became a a big deal yeah we we did uh, there's like 17 different reality shows in the 90s based on that but uh 17 that's that's amazing i'm yeah that poor woman's uh, f- uh physiology 
Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a... Uh... Okay, well, it's like semi-automatic down there. I'm just okay, looking at so... I'm trying to look at all the Photoshop of the babies. It's pretty funny. They're pretty... I think it's like most of those pictures are the same picture, just copied and paste. Good good for that. Man, That what a great job that would have been. Oh, in a heartbeat. I would love to do that. All right. Uh, for the love of God, Deep Space Nine. Uh, you know, this is why we have chapters. So you yeah, can skip all of right. our shenanigans and go straight to uh, this episode. So, Season 3, Episode 10, Fascination, was directed by Avery Brooks, once again, who last directed The Abandoned. It was written by Philip Lezebnik. Lezebnik, who wrote two episodes of Next Generation, including Darmok. And speaking of Disney, he also wrote the movies Pocahontas, Mulan, and Prince of Egypt. With a story by Ira Stephen Bear and James Crocker, who last wrote on the Maquis Part 1. So uh, maybe we should do something trivial now that we've done all this hard-hitting news. Yeah. Now, Keith, waste your time. With what? With trivial trivia. You know, there's always oh. like three seconds of play out here that I'm just, there's just a little too long, but you know, it is what it is. Well, I'm, I'm, I would assume you'd be fading back to us. No, because I have it in like a group. and does it? So it has to play the whole thing out. It doesn't have to, but I'm just too lazy to change the whole setup. I so. see. All right, fine, fine. All right, so this week, the trivial trivia begins with DP, Director of Photography, not what you're thinking, Jonathan West. <laughs> oh my God, I was about the- to make a joke. You knew. <laughs> you knew. <laughs> Jonathan West loved the fact that Avery Brooks allowed him to try some new cinematography tricks in this episode to enhance the love, including more light, pink light, colors, and even random sparkles uh, on the film. Uh, This episode is Armin Shimmerman's least favorite episode of Deep Space Nine. Uh, I think it's an odd choice because I can name a few others that he played a large role in. Uh, next up, Ira Stephen Bear said that they developed this show as the writers felt they needed something light with some dark stuff coming up. He said, it's dangerously wacky. In some ways, it works very nicely. And in some ways, you know, the episode is loosely based on, as you said, a Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, yeah, obviously. Uh, and lastly, this was, uh, you know, this... It's kind of personal, but it shows up on IMDb, and they haven't taken it down. So this was roughly the time, uh, around the time that Nana Visitor and Alexander Siddig started becoming romantically involved. Oh, interesting, because that's the grossest of all. It's the least chemistry of all of the chemistries. A hundred percent. We'll like, talk about it later, but I, I kind of feel like they were like pretending, like, oh, we have no chemistry. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it could be that. I thought it was more like we have to make this so not sexy because they're supposed to be buddies on the show, right? So like, mm-hmm. let's make it so not sexy. Let's make it like comedic, and that was their choice to like make it schmacky, but... And and I think probably the burial of it all, if yeah. they wanted us to stay invested in that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll talk more about that as we move forward. Uh, what was Voyager doing? Getting real close, uh, very close to airing. We're only a month and a half away from the pilot of Star Trek Voyager. Our guest stars this week include Majel Barrett as Loaxana Troy. 
Philip Anglum here as Vedic Barile, Mike's favorite Rosalind Chow as Keiko, back, and baby. Hannah Hate as Molly. In a week where Jen came back to visit, Keiko came back to visit, and oh, uh, luckily it worked out better for me. <laughs> your cup runneth over? Okay. Let's move forward. Hey, I have some trivial trivia. Uh-huh. Did you know that on this day, Keith, mm-hmm. the 28th of November, 1994, you know yes. what else happened, speaking of dark? Oh, do tell. Jeffrey Dahmer was murdered in prison. Oh. What a cheery way to go <laughs> to the screening room. Thanks for that. I, I meant to mention that in the TV bit, you know. But anyway. You've had that... You've been waiting on that for all this time? I was chewing on it, you know? Man, I've got the best piece of trivia. Food for thought, Keith. <laughs> yeah, well, just just wait for uh, Strange New Show Episode 2 uh, with the... Uh, with the weekly world news headline might intersect. Uh, hey, look, if you're not watching yet, uh, check out Strange New Show. It's yes. where we're going to do exactly this with uh, Strange New Worlds. So mm-hmm. the first episode has already appeared. The episode two will be showing up in your feeds on Friday. I do, I do want to, I do should mention on that, <clears throat> on that note, uh, people, Keith, our patrons who are very excited people in general, are very excited to, because it's you know a new show, to watch it with us on the Patreon. However, I, I, I do want to break it to you guys. It's it's just me. Keith, Keith is only doing the pilot. Mind. I can't convince him to spend another hour with me every week. It's, it's not going to happen. So hopefully but, you're okay with me watching the show. But let's be honest. Who do folks really want to watch? Watch stuff. You're the TNA of this show, buddy. That is the sickest thing you've ever said. I'm just, I'm, I'm just like the Bob Barker. Yeah. You are the girls pointing at stuff. Come on down. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So in our teaser, poor Jake is heartbroken. Yeah, come on, Jake. Marta broke up with him, who we met previously. And not only did she break up with him, it's the day of the Gratitude Festival, and she moved away to become a scientist. Cisco tries to cheer him up and says, come along to the festival. He's he's being a pretty... The festival? The Queen's Festival? No, Gratitude Festival. Uh, Cisco here does some really good dadding. Uh, Both, like, takes his son's feelings credible and, you know, gives him weight, but also, like, come on, let's let's go. And then goes in the back room and takes a deep breath, and he's like, thank goodness, okay. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. So in the replimat, O'Brien is on his fifth cup of coffee. He's nervous about Keiko and Molly coming back for a visit. So is this, hold on, is this known in like, is, do people, have this been commented on before? I, we're three seasons in and there must have been, there must be upwards of 50 uh, cross cuts to someone making Rock de Gino in the, in the replicator as the cross cut into the next scene. It's like a, it must be a thing, right? It's a thing. Oh, well, I mean like, it's a great transition. It's mm-hmm. very obvious, and and like Rock the Gino plays a big big role in the series. Do it, so, Rock the like, Gino. Doom bop, bop de doom bop, boom bop. Chili's baby back ribs. Wait, so <laughs> did you just transition from Hanson's bop into the Chili's theme? No, 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 no. It's actually worse than that. I I shot it to 
Do it Rockapella from the Carmen San Diego game, as you'll recall. Uh, Do it Rockapella, but I said Rockagino. But then I went uh-huh. to Chili's Baby Back Ribs because I've been obsessed with that lately because I saw a TikTok. It's a whole thing. Oh. Oh, what we what a window into Mike's head we're getting today. Friends, do yourself a favor. Google the follow pause the podcast right now. Uh. Pause it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, pause it in a minute. They pause it before they know what to do. <laughs> the bullet points will be followed the following. Pause, Google Chili's Baby Back Ribs behind the scenes, and then watch Mm -hmm. the video of the backup singers of the Chili's Baby Back Ribs uh, jingle Mm -hmm. knocking it out of the park in one take. Just do yourself a favor. It is something. It is a work of art. This, this, you know, a a window into Mike and my relationships, like, you know, like whatever, some like huge horrible life event. You know, great wonderful things. Nothing. Yeah. Midnight. Random. <laughs> check out this baby back rib thing. Hundred percent gonna happen. That's why you have friends. Right? Keep <laughs> it real. Why keep it you real. Have, okay. It's keeping it something. <laughs> oh, oh God. Anyway, O'Brien is nervous about Molly and Keiko's return, and Bashir is happy because O'Brien's been. Begging him to play racquetball constantly. Uh, So that's what he's been doing with his nerves. They're only visiting for two days and then leaving for four months again. And O'Brien's going to make the best of the time they have. He's not going to waste a second. Mike, I imagine this probably uh, resonated with your life. Uh, uh, Nay, in the last 48 hours. Yeah, but also... The only thing that's different is that I don't have kids. I feel like if if my yeah, child the, the went with Jen part. on her gigs, like I want to visit the child more. I feel like they should have some more interaction with their father. And it, you you would think, yeah. And custody must be much not that they're not that they're, that's what this is about, obviously. But with transporting and warp speed and stuff, there must be a way to shuttle Molly back and forth a little more frequently. I, I mean. You'd think, but I, I think it comes down to, and that's an amazing screenshot we're staring of, of poor Colomini. I, I think that they can't go to warp within the solar system. So they're they are limited to uh, to impulse power within the solar system, which means they can only go at a certain speed. Hmm. Um, and it's too far to transport. But I like I almost wonder, like, could they set up some transporter relays? And, and just sort of, yeah. and sort of like bounce you down to the. I don't know. Anyway, it, it's important for the story, Mike. If they were able to solve that problem, we wouldn't have a story this week. Also, so, feels like she's working much harder down there. So maybe he should have. The he's kids. making. The, he's keeping the station going. He's getting ready for Dominion attack. A lot Come of on, coffee buddy. breaks, if you ask me. Okay, here we go. And racquetball. A lot mm-hmm. of racquetball and coffee. Okay. Uh, where are? I'm in the first freaking paragraph. Okay, What's get going ready, on? Get ready. So later, Odo visits Kira as she helps hang streamers for prom. <laughs> Odo has decided to come to the festival too. He wants to immerse himself in some humanoid rituals with mm, Kira. It's not all he wants to immerse himself in. Yeah, well, the humanoid rituals. Mm-hmm. So he's going out of character. He's going to go to the festival. And festival? she's excited. The festival, the Queen's Festival. We're going to keep uh, using this joke, folks. So uh, look it up. Yeah, don't look. No, no more homework. Mike, you can't give people homework on the show. Uh, okay. Kira is excited that Odo's coming, but she'll be with Beryl, and we see Odo's heartbreak on camera. Uh, great performance from I'm Renata. glad they're following up on this more, because 
it's clearly been Renee's subtext for like a while now. So yeah. I like that we're we're seeing it more in the script too. Yeah. Also, yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting because I'm here. I heard some uh, implication earlier that people didn't dig this episode. I think that it's the departure. I mean, is pretty interesting, and one of the parts I liked most about it is this idea of exploring or at least portraying a fictitious holiday if you uh, you know like a christmas like a commercial christmas type of thing where whether you're bajoran or not everybody kind of gets on board because it's a fun excuse to have a party and dress up and stuff which is yeah very much exactly what we do so of course and and what i thought was a cool i don't know if they meant it this uh uh, satirically but when you well we'll get there in a couple seconds when kira's doing her whole the first candle lighting and poofy right, right. poof or whatever. It's so ridiculous that you're like, well, it, it's no more ridiculous than the crap we do. So it's what? very. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's like less ridiculous than the stuff that we do. Um, yeah. And but I, I, also... I feel like it's, and it gives them a chance to decorate the set and light things a little different. And the costumes are really cool. Like it's a, it's a good excuse. For, I think the departure is yeah. a good excuse to kind of let loose a little bit, have a party. I, I don't disagree. Okay. I don't disagree. Uh, in the background, we see a guy with a dick whistle. Make back on the screen. Very happy to have it back. Uh, so there will be music on the station. So Kira goes to the airlock to meet Barail and finds O'Brien there waiting too for Keiko and Molly. I'm never this it's- nervous when people like Jenko. Like, why is he so nervous? Well, I mean, I I think civilians who aren't used to their their wife and spouse like yeah, disappearing for mm-hmm. 6 months at a time uh for a gig like mm-hmm. i think it's a much bigger deal to to normal people than to us carnies uh, or i uh, hope he's not thinking oh, man at least you know what it's everything will be fine as long as she's not cranky as hell getting off that airlock uh-huh no but but this but it's so real like this 100% happens like sometimes yeah. like oh, I know. you have that big horrible fight the first night they're back and it's usually me that's it's, cranky, though. What's always... I don't think Jen's capable of being cranky. That's, you you definitely hold up two portions of cranky in that relationship. I de- yes, it's definitely... Uh, the ratio is skewed my way. I'll say that. For sure. Uh, anyway, so it's been a bad flight. And Molly is sick. And Keiko is stressed as hell. And Molly <laughs> pukes on O'Brien. Oh, I love it. Dude, she uh, looks it's, tired. It's I so, feel like they made uh they made her run a couple laps before this scene. Just a But it's so human. Like it's so like I I love this whole thing. Um, she is so cute, it's insane. The cutest baby that's ever been babied. Until she pukes on O'Brien. And we find out why it's Luoxana Troy, who was also on the ship who gave her too much candy. Uh, so somebody here gave we her, go. Somebody gave her uh, costume a little too much candy. I yes, that's. I, I think I wrote down. Uh, so in Act One, Odo coordinates with Starfleet security officer when Lawaxana Troy shows up wearing an aggressively ridiculous hat, even for Star Trek, and she immediately starts rubbing up on Odo. She's come to see him, and she heard about him finding his people and them turning out to be the bad guys. So she's here to cheer him up in the biblical sense. And he looks stricken. 
Troy gets on a turbo lift and has a headache attack. Don't worry about it. It probably doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, we Never could hop touch over. Your Whoa! Oh, yeah. We hop over to Kira and Beryl, who decide to get biblical before the festival. And it turns out Beryl has been working with Wynne behind the scenes. Yeah, interesting. And has been, been helping her. You know what Beryl... I learned from this scene, Keith, was the second Jen got home, I was like, hey, before you even kiss me, you need to go mess up your hair a little bit. <laughs> Butts up your hair and, and, and casual, lie back on a Casual shade. Kira versus working Kira is it's all in the hair. It's all oh well always, yeah. And and the posture. There's there's <laughs> a lot of like a lot of lot of arms over the head. That's a big part of it. I couldn't be more grossed out by these two. <laughs> so uh, Baril talks about Jedzia for no reason other than this, other than setup. And Kira leaves him to go put out scrolls and leaves Boreal to deal with his own scroll. Let's look at the sequence in the back there, too. They really just, like, went for it this episode. The production was like, I don't care. We don't need to explain it. Just get some purple sequence and hang it. She's I celebrating. Mean, it's Christmas. It, it's well, it's, Or it's like Mardi Gras. It's like, it's, yeah, it's all about, like, yeah. let's let our hair down and relax and have fun. But be thankful. But be thankful. Be grateful. And I, I actually, the ritual they do, I think, is smart, and we should all do it. Yeah, uh, man, like, I'm down for gratitude festival i feel like maybe that's... we did a gratitude festival yeah for, yes maybe wait, maybe wait, that's what we that call thanksgiving did we just reference that uh no well yeah we didn't we did what is gratitude but giving thanks isn't it yeah what is gratitude other than whitewashing our horrible <laughs> destruction of an entire race of people on a continent yeah, well, come on but i'm thankful yeah. for this food yeah it's, exactly uh all right anyway uh so later Keiko has finally put Molly down while O'Brien drinks. Maybe he could have put Molly down because she was tired. I suppose just like sitting there and drinking. Whatever. Okay, whatever. Uh, what is about to play out is one of the most. Uh, let me say personally because I don't want to. I don't want to broad stroke it, <clears throat> make it too heteronormative, but a very realistic depiction of uh, male. Uh, emotional fragility wife is having f- feelings and exhaustion and let me now take this opportunity since i can't cope with it emotionally to make it like i'm mad and you are a f- <laughs> you are doing something to me because i can't handle what you're feeling this is a very familiar yep. thing this is a mike o'brien becomes mike and deglio in this scene <laughs> Uh, a million percent. Uh, he wants to find somewhere to put his scroll, but Keiko is exhausted and she just wants to sleep. Miles is annoyed. He just wants her to say what she wants to do. It's the type of tense conversation that will be familiar to anyone who's ever been married. She'll put on... Uh, he wants her to put on the red dress that Mike... I'm guessing Mike is going to enjoy. The festival has started, and there's festival? been all sorts of... The festival, the Queen's Festival, the, the Joy Festival, the Gratitude, the Gratitude Festival, Festival, there it is. Yeah. They, look, at uh, they got a, look at them, they got an OLED. Well, I think it's a painting. Oh. I, I feel, <laughs> it, it feels... It's, I don't think it's an OLED, it's just a painting, oh, buddy. Okay. Yeah, my bad. But based on the color palette from the side, it looks like the painting from Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah, Vigo. Vigo, yeah. Oh. All right. So, uh... The festival has started, and there's all sorts of nonsense happening on the promenade, including some circus acts and drumming. Oh, and they're going to get their camera time. 
Yeah, they Especially will. Especially that juggler guy. He's like in every shot. Very expensive. You know, you know what it costs to rent a juggler for a day? Not only that, but this maybe in three seasons is the best tracking shot we've ever had. How they get, because you know it's practical. They're, yep. they're, they're following, they're going, they're in and out, they're getting in, they're following this guy across the whole thing. It, it uses the whole circular curve of the corner. It's really cool. That's well, good job, Avery, and and the uh, and the DP on that. It's great. So uh, Kira begins, excuse me, a ceremony with some cool blue fire. The Bajorans do a ritual of writing their troubles on scrolls, then ceremonially burning them, and then taking a day to chill and have fun. Frankly, it seems like a decent tradition that we all could probably uh, you know probably appreciate. Uh, cool effect too. I mean, it's you know it's a very simple mm-hmm. lighting effect, but I like it. It yeah, looks dude. looks cool. Um, and especially if you think about this festival in context of what the Bajorans have been through in the last forty years, like it's probably been a one they've had to do sort of underground and in secret, and and so now this is like the first couple of years they've been able to really do it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think that adds a little weight to it. it's interesting. And look at a. Uh... Is that Majel Barrett in the background there, or is that just an extra? I think that's an extra. Well, they are selling it. Yeah. The excitement. Well, you know, that, there you go. So, uh, background actor. So she heads off with Beryl, and Odo and Troy go off in another direction. They walk past Jake, who also has an abrupt headache thing, then smiles mysteriously. And that sends us off to commercial breaks. So in Act 2... Jake comes up to Kira with two jumjaw sticks and pulls her aside. Oh my god, I he knew wants... what they were called. Yeah, you did. I was Mike, like, are those jumjaws? I might have said jambalayas, but uh, you know what I meant. <laughs> He's growing, guys. Mike is growing. So he Jake. Wants... <laughs> Nailed it! Boo. Come on! He wants some advice. Where is it? Yes! Taking away your sound, Mike needs to return to not getting enough sleep. I don't know. I don't know who this person is. Very weird. Somebody like call Mike at two o'clock in the morning because this is weird. (laughs) So uh, he wants Jake wants some advice from Kira about an older woman he's into. And guess what? It's you. He says, I love you. Do you want to go out with me? Leaving Kira with that face. Meanwhile, Dax is helping Morn burn away his giant list of problems. Beryl comes up to her. He's now, guess what, in love with Jadzia. And she makes a run for it. So it, it, this is all rapid fire little scenes, which I think mm-hmm. it's, it's fun with the pacing on this. Yeah. So uh, we head over to Odo who is listening and dancing along with the Dick Whistle trio and Troy. She grabs him, and they dance together. Sway with me. Odo tries to make a run for it, but they bump into Dax, who also has a headache abruptly. Then we run into Quark, who's hawking fancy pens. I thought a this weirdo. was hysterical. Oh, of I, course. I love the Quark bit with the, with the commemorative pens. It makes perfect sense. Like, so are are you? I mean, obviously, you're tracking the passing of the yeah. headache. Like, there's there's not much like 
not difficult to yeah, figure out. Yeah, and I figured because they here. brought Loxana on that it had it it had something to do with her. But then I I thought maybe because somebody made a reference to her perfume. I thought and oh could have been yeah. And then I I also thought because they made such a big deal out of when when Kira did that first thing with the the goo and it did a little smoke poof and that's when Jake got sick. I would thought also oh maybe there was some sort of like a chemical disbursement or something. Right. Uh, but I also because of this kind of a plot, I mean, they made it, the tone is very specific, thus that I was like, nah, I'm not going to overthink it. Who cares? It's right. definitely it not an matter. overthink it kind of thing. So, yeah, I'll tell you what, and I'll say it now at the beginning, because I think we'll probably agree. All of the little pairings they did, it's all cute, the dance and the, you know, the, the wormhole we'll discuss is whether we think the, if you're intoxicated by the, the mental thing or whatever, the, whatever we're going to refer to it as, does that, does it disable your other critical thinking skills? Because people should be pinpointing that other people are be behaving weird. It's it seems that Well, they everybody who hasn't been infected yet notices that it's weird. But once you've been infected, you don't notice it's weird anymore. Okay. Because the only one that really bugs me is the Barail and Dax. Because I feel like and maybe it's just because Barail's not working for me anymore. His feels like he's being a little sexually aggressive towards her and it's she should be less like come on stop and be more like you need to get your damn hands off me and peace i mean i think that's true of dax for all of season three okay yeah all right because because remember remember the i mean we tried not to remember the whole meridian of it all Oh right yeah yeah you know what she's uh she's she's comfortable with her she's patient yeah She's patient with nonsense. So uh, a weirdo playing with balls walks past, and we see some more circus performers, and we pan up to Keiko and Miles, who are sitting at their table in Quarks. They're doing better. She says her project is going great, but it's going to take longer than expected. He's obviously not happy about it. And he starts getting jealous of one of her co-workers. Not a good plan. They fight. The evening is not going well for poor O'Brien. Yeah, but she gets her one dig in. I mean, it wasn't right to be like, uh, well, I should. Keith was right. I never should have talked to you about this. And I was like, yeah, that that is a pointed. You that the Keiko, Keiko, you know you're my girl. Don't be bringing don't be bringing Keith's name in this. Okay, not till we're done our convo. Le- leave me out of it. I don't want to be a part of it. I, mm-hmm. I I get it. I've been there, but like you know, I I don't want to be a part of it. So. <laughs> In Act 3, Jake searches the promenade for Kira where Cisco grabs him. Look at these he faces. Tries... Oh, man, they've been yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it, it's it's very interesting because, you know, I talk about seasoning a lot, right? Mm-hmm. The salt of this in the chaos and nonsense of everything else, I think, elevates all of it. Because this is a very real yes. moment going on with these guys. And what's interesting is that, and I'm sure that uh, Avery Brooks dealt with this, is that when the rest of the plot relies on a bit of suspension of disbelief because it's an elevated reality, and yet it's juxtaposed in the B story w- with something so grounded, it could they could they could minimize each other or at least blur the lines. But they do a yeah. good job of delineating delineating between them. And I also think what's really great about this plot at this point here is that you know they're just having like. It's just, yes, the stakes are large. It is a long period of time. Distance relationships are very difficult. Uh, But 
the the fight isn't that of a big a deal, right? It's more just like lack of communication and such. But and Keith and I can speak on this with a bit of experience, not just in my marriage, but in relationships over a course of a difficult career where people are there's a lot of yeah. distance. <clears throat> distance based relationships, even small fights are magnified. They right. are amplified. And yeah. this is a really great example of that. You know, if you just have a a storm off, you know, I'm frustrated, I'm tired, we say some nasty things, whatever. Generally, you know, a couple days later, you apologize, you, you move on, or you forget it, or whatnot. But if yeah. I'm not going to see you for another four months, five months, right. that becomes a bigger deal. And, and the, the pressure of, we have 48 hours together. Mm-hmm. And, and like, even if, if we have a fight, the pressure to, like, hurry up and fix it, because now we only have 38 hours. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I can't believe you would be in a fight with me over something so stupid when we only have 32 hours now and it's like it's it's stressful and i i think i think if the rest of the episode weren't so comical i think this could get a little depressing and yeah. a little little mm-hmm. oppressive and i like that they don't ever make them be too mean to one another i think that it's it never gets nasty but it's cool here that after this exchange, Miles recognizes the stakes. He recognizes yeah. that he might have pushed you hard, and I think that's really co- clever. It, it it feels very, very lived in. I think it it's also smart, real. and I wonder if there was a, dra- a previous draft that maybe made the mistake that they avoided here, which is I'm glad they didn't involve them in any of the the funny love plots until the right. very, very end when the resolution's coming quickly, because I think that would have been really muddy. Yeah. No, no, I I agree, and I think it's it's... I think it feels so uncomfortable because it is very realistically depicted and him wrestling with his selfishness. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think it's all, it's great. And, and to have actors of that caliber be able to tell this story also makes this work. And, you know, I don't think I, at 14, I would have even given two shits about this, right? but as an adult, it actually gives huge impact to the beat, to the, the episode, because what I see the episode as, 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 as I guess it's very easy to, I think, toss this one off as, oh, it's a Shakespearean farcical romp, right? Silliness, yeah. Yeah. What it, you, could, you could make the argument, I'm not saying you'd win, but you could make the argument that it is a juxtaposition of the ephemeral feeling of intoxication. First love, First love intoxication versus the reality and the work of an actual relationship. Juxtaposed. Yeah. Yeah. That's good because I think it, I think it is exactly that. There I don't know go. if they intended that, but that's what they arrived at. I think that's great. So, uh, yeah. So Cisco tries to talk Jake out of uh, humping Kira's leg, and it, Jake is not gonna take any of that. And we go back to O'Brien, who sits down at Quark's to drink. Quark can tell he's miserable and gives him a free pen. Very nice, Quark. Mm-hmm. He knows what's up. He says he never would have let a, a, a woman leave the home, have jobs, or even wear clothes. He yeah, they, says, really, Ferengi, they really knocked the Ferengi pe- down a few peg in this one. Well, but that's all traditional Ferengi. Yep, yep. Like, that is that is very established canon. And he says, Ferengi marriage is perfect. O'Brien asked the obvious question, so why aren't you married yet? And obviously, he's waiting for Odo. So, Kira catches up with Baril and says, now let's get it on. But he wants nothing to do with her anymore. His heart is for Dax now. And I have to say, uh, Philip Anglum is a much better comedic actor 
than I expected. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought he was him doing comedy worked much much better um, than his regular weird romancy stuff. Agreed. But this is where I pin my one. This is where my wormhole starts to quibble in because Kira's not infected. She they have the relationship. She wouldn't go right to oh he he doesn't love me anymore. I'm I'm mad. like she'd be like something uh, something's something's wrong. That's my feeling. I think that her response here is not Kira esque. But that's uh, yeah. I mean like but you could also imagine to be like wow he got tanked. Mm-hmm. And like this is weird, but like I don't I don't want to yeah. get into it. Um, who knows? So, uh, where okay. So Cisco arrives back at his quarters. Actually, I think it's the wardroom, and finds Dax there helping to set up for the party. She's hiding from Hansi Barile. She can't love Barile because she's in love with Cisco now. The headache transferred. <laughs> And Act 4 begins. Cisco thinks this has got to be a joke, but it's not. He calls Bashir and says, we need to check this out. He knows something is up, and he also knows how consent works. This this uh, scene is funny, though. It's really funny, and and I think he gives a, a terrific performance. Um, but I also love the fact that he was like, you're not in your right mind. Mm-hmm. We need to investigate this, as opposed to, you know... Uh, so, but the, I mean, I think that was, that was very, uh, very, very well handled, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. Uh, with that. I would agree. Uh, actually, it's well handled in, in all of these things. Everybody is able to, like, draw boundaries, even though you might naturally be feeling one thing to understand that something is up. So, uh, Bashir, unfortunately, can't find anything wrong with her, but she's still in love with him. Meanwhile, Kira is super bummed because Baral blew her off, and of course, Jake slides in. Later, Molly plays with a stuffed Targ when O'Brien comes in and says hello. She says, Mommy is in her room, sad. Oh, God, I can't even imagine having this conflict when you have kids. Ugh. He goes in to try to cheer her up, and he talks to the door and makes a pretty sincere apology. Yo, kids are emotionally intelligent. Let me say, um, yeah, I'm gonna keep this. <clears throat> I have a one of my many nieces and nephews, uh, with one of my extended sibling set, uh, was talking some smack, I guess, or saying some things, whatever. I don't, whatever the details don't matter. But the kid, one of the kids, texted the parent and was like, "Yo, don't say X Y Z about X Y Z. That's getting old." I was like, "Yeah." Kids are like, not only are they emotionally intelligent, but they'll tell you what's up. Uh, you know what else is at the festival? Children will listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on it, even as young as that. So, uh, yeah, so he, so Keiko won't even talk to him. So he apologizes through the door and says, you know what? It's not your job to quit your job to be with me. I'll quit my job to be with you. So I hope you're making good money as a botanist. <laughs> There's no money in Star Trek. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. So uh, it's a it's a really good performance, and he does that entire thing in a single take. Mm-hmm, I great. went back and watched it again. Um, you know, Colomini, he's a phenomenal actor, and and uh, Avery knew just like put the camera on him, tell him to go, and it worked. 
So uh, she says, I need time to think about it. Go to the party. Ooh, that is the worst. You lay your heart out. You make the apology. And she's like, yeah, but now I'm not going to have fun. Oh, yeah. Fun fun is out is off the table now. But she won't even like, she would. You know, he's also you're like, you're I, like, you're like, do wait, should I actually go to the party and give her some time? Or like, does she not want me? Should I be here when she gets? Oh, no, it's a lot. Now you're in well, it. And both O'Brien and I think the TV audiences is expecting the doors to open up and everything's OK. But it's a little bit more sophisticated than that. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to wait. So Odo, Bashir and Troy run into Kira, who says everybody is acting strange. Bashir decides to investigate further. Then they all have headaches for a second, and Bashir and Kira immediately and abruptly start making out. Uh, It is uh, very awkward, despite it also happening behind the camera. So in Act 5, all the various... You could have knocked me down with a feather when you told me that, that, that... Because there's just no chemistry. Zero. I thought there was none with her and Burial, but there's... Well, there's there isn't, so... (laughs) Well, but like... She's got more chemistry with Jake than with... Stage chemistry and actual chemistry are two very different things. Fair, fair. I mean, like, I mean, have you ever had to make out with your wife on stage? We did a really cute scene together that was like a romantic scene, but we did not make out, no. Yeah, so, like, it's weird, right? Mm -hmm. I mean... Would be. It was weird when we did it. Was it? But but we had chemistry. We did, man. It was heat. (laughs) You're welcome, Internet. Okay. Uh, where was I? So all the various love-struck people uh, chase each other around for another pass. And Cisco tells Odo to go get Bashir. Kira and Bashir keep making out hilariously like middle schoolers. Uh, we get There the it full... is. That's the picture. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, don't you remember where their lips are? No. It's like... Oh God! It's like I uh, one of like my first like high school kisses. Like I was so nervous, I kissed her nose. <laughs> oh, I've <laughs> had so many good. bad ones. You know, my first attempted kiss, which was like a f- such a huge failure for many reasons, was during the Beauty and the Beast movie, which ties into our Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. It's just uh, Beauty and the Beast has a ooh, oof, didn't go well. No, didn't didn't go well. No. Did you did you decide to trap her in a castle until she loved you? Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, So we get the full door-slamming nonsense finale with everybody bouncing off the walls like idiots. Cisco and Odo are baffled, and Brooks gives a great comedic performance. Jake and O'Brien commiserate over their broken hearts when... Bump, bump, bump! Keiko enters wearing the red dress. Lady in red! She's coming through that door. I never will forget your commemorative pen from Quarks. It's a loose rhyme. Uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> Wait, did you say that rhyming Quarks with door was a loose rhyme? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ask Cap, I'll approve it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Wow. But she enters wearing the red dress and she tells him not to resign. It's all actually romantic. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which was nice to have a a little bit of like actual romance and all the yeah, nonsense. They have good chemistry too. They've got great chemistry. The whole thing, I mean, works for me. I, I, I think you're right. When I was 14, I would have been like, fast forward. Okay. But Wait now it's next, like, we'll see you next season, Keiko. It 100% resonates. So uh, I suspect we're not going to see here for a while, right? I don't know. So Quark enters with pudding and sees all of the chaos. Beryl tries to fight Cisco and Dax kicks his ass. Oh, yeah, we it's get Bobby all, McRambo here. It's all terribly silly. Then Troy transfers her headache to Quark, and then he becomes immediately obsessed with Keiko. It's like Mike is on the episode for a second. We abruptly figure out what's happening. Troy is going through Betazoid menopause, and it sometimes causes them to project their feelings. In this case, being horny for Odo. But Bashir says... No, I think she really does like Odo, doesn't she? Oh, no, no, no. No, it's, yeah. she's projecting her actual oh, oh, feelings. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, because she's telepathic. You remember that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, all this craziness happened because of the I actually telepathic... think it's a pretty clever MacGuffin. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it, it it actually, like, totally tracks. There's an episode um, sort of similar to this on Next Gen, where Spock's father is going through the end of his life and losing control over his telepathic powers and projecting right. it. And that and that's a much more serious episode. And this one is sort of the silly version of that. Um, but it makes sense. Uh, and so all of their crazy nonsense was because of that. But, but, Bashir says it wouldn't have happened if there weren't at least a small latent attraction. Hmm. Something to chew on there, folks. And all is back to normal. But as Troy and Odo walk through the promenade, she wishes him well with Kira. She knows that he's attracted to her. And I think, uh, and says she understands what it's like to be in the friend zone. And damn, if Majel doesn't break my heart in the last 10 seconds of this episode. Gosh, she's good. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and there last... is a way to plant a kiss on somebody and not have it be pervy and weird. That's right. Um, then O'Brien says goodbye to Keiko and Molly. She's still leaving, but they're back in love. And Bashir is already there to cheer him up with some racquetball and or podcasting. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, I thought that last little moment of Majel understanding being in love with someone who's not in love with you back. Ugh. And Actually, like the, those last the, few moments, because, you know, don't forget, it was not so long ago where uh, Bashir annoyed the living hell out of O'Brien. And now they, he did what buddies do, right? Which is, I know you've been going through a tough time. We're not really big on conversation. Let's go have a catch. You know, I, I don't think it's really ever dawned on me how, like, I'm O'Brien and you're Bashir. There, there is, it is hundred percent always that. been that yeah. way. That yeah. is our dynamic. Yeah. That has always been our dynamic. Let's have a catch, man. Yeah, let's have a catch. Yeah, I'm, and I'm like sort of sad and pudgy, <laughs> and you're just like bouncing around, like wanting to play stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like it. <laughs> if I get the, if it ends with me getting to make out with Nana, then all is well. Well, okay, fair enough. Uh, there it is. All right. So now it is time for Mike's Star Tribe. And now it's time for Mike and Deglio's Star Trek Vocabulary Quiz. 
Thanks, me. All right, Mike, tell me the significance of Peldor Joy. Oh, Keith, gratitude, man. You got to say thanks. You got to burn up your bad feelings so that you can make room for your new good feelings. And, you know, if you're lucky, catch a little tsetse fly fever and uh, have a crush on a bunch of people. Well, Peldor Joy is what you say on the holidays. Oh, right, right, And right. now because of me, people say Peldor Joy again. Yeah, that's right. They weren't saying Peldor Joy. No, they were they not. They were saying Mary Joy. No, it's Peldor Joy again. All right, so, and, Mike, what? It. It's fine. It's, 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 you know, it's definitely in keeping with it's the no quality of our It's no grabbing by those Bazorps Warps t-shirt, which got shipped today, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully, if we get it by Friday, I can wear it on air for the show. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. Uh, Mike, what is Xanthan Fever? Oh, that's when you uh, project your projections onto others because you got latent boners. <laughs> right? I mean, ostensibly. Uh, don't forget latent menopausal boners. Yeah, right. Those are the best kind. <laughs> Can we? All right. Let's move along home. Move along home. Okay, attention Bajoran workers, did you find any wormholes in the plot? Well, before we do them, we uh-huh. uh, before we do this whole Alamarmi segment, I think we need to toss it to uh, our good friend Dr. Bashir for a little, some guide rules, Keith. Okay. Okay, ready? All right, I'm ready. Best not think about it too much, if you ask me. A hundred percent. Yeah. That, that, that is very appropriate for this. You did so much homework, man. <laughs> well, once he said that, I was like, yeah, they know. You know what? I don't mind a big swing if everybody's on the same page, right? And that's where we are here. I think from the get-go, they establish rule sets, all whatever, you know, are every fancy rules we got and the and the continuum and the this and the that. Eh. It's like Peldor Joy. We're taking a holiday. We're having mm-hmm. a little fun. The lighting is is more colorful. The costumes are more fanciful. The there's a lot more the and if it, it, it seems to me things I've heard, Keith, is that they do a lot of this sometimes. They step out of they do tonally they they do some big tonal shifts for some episodes for these one-offs and I'm okay with that. We like that. Especially when they're not ridiculous like the the Rumpelstiltskin thing, mm-hmm. you know. So Overall, I'm okay with it. I, uh, the wormholes, like I said, is that they're not particularly, they're very clear as to when you're infected, right? You go to the temples. Right, right. But less so people's reaction to the overt chemistry. It's not like it was leading up. It's like all of a sudden you're in, you're in, love, you're in, love, you're in love with right. it's, that. It's, it's pretty broad. Yeah, so there's not a lot of rules as to like when people notice it. And, and I guess you could, that would be, and and I guess they could have maybe planted a couple more seeds of the whole telepathic element rather than be a headache. I don't know. Maybe there's a way to make that clear. But I don't know if that rises to the to the level of wormhole. And I, I really didn't look for them too hard because it's, they clearly tell you in the beginning and then bookend it at the end by saying, eh, don't overthink it. So I'm not going to yeah. overthink it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't think there's a wormhole there because... Uh, at a party, at a festival, at a whatever, right? People tend to be so wrapped up 
in their own experience of what's happening. Particularly, there's like circus performers, and you've got the Dick Whistle tri- Trio, and you've got you've got your own crushes. You've got all your all this chaos happening. Are you really clocking that hard? What somebody else is doing at the party? You're wrapped up in your own whatever. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. like, I mean, yes, it is all very like abrupt and silly, but like, you know, it's not. I mean, I think I think Burrell was probably the one who was most obviously like, "What's your deal?" Bro? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen. That's when they could have. I would have liked to have seen Dax punched her up Burrell. That would have made me. She did. That's who punched him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it all that's great. Then in that case, I'm I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah. No. Great. No, I I don't think. I mean, you know, like you said, this isn't one to pick apart. Yeah. Just 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 roll and lead yeah, with your heart. What's up? To, what's up? Uh, Armin Shimmerman's crawl. What was his problem with it? I mean, it's just silly, I guess. I don't know. I I would need to listen to he's him elaborate on <laughs> his method. method. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about our best moment, shall we? Well, I get. I think I, I, you need two, right? Because I think that. I mean, I think we said this the last time we were in a O'Brien Keiko relationship tryst that their whole subplot is the is the best moment. I think it's the. It's the salt, or it's the pepper to the salt of the episode. Yeah. It really adds the seasoning and, and grounds it. I think that probably the best moment is that scene where O'Brien delivers the apology, and then the door doesn't open because I think it's as realistic. Yeah. And but I gotta say, both quarrel scenes—the scene where they quarrel in the beginning, and he's just kind of makes it about him. And then at the table where he goes further than making it about him, where he's like, well, if I, if we can't deal with this rationally, if I'm not going to get to what I want, I'm just going to blow it all up is so, and I'm, this is very just specific to my experience. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's universal, but I think we can all find some elements of ways we've exper- been, been blown up at or blown up. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, depending on what side of the table you sit at, I think it's a, it's a relatable experience. So I'd say those in that storyline, uh, or maybe that whole entire storyline. And I think on the other side, I think Avery Brooks is a great is a great surrogate for the reader. If they are going for the Shakespearean vibe, then the experience the reader has in in, in reading or in watching Twelfth Night or or uh, Midsummer Midsummer. Avery Brooks is that in this episode. He is the analog for us, right? He's caught in this whirlwind. He's things are happening around him. What's to him. going on? Yeah. yeah, and I think he does an excellent job portraying that, especially in the last scenes with a wink and a nod and a smile, and he's laughing right. along. And he knows it's a comedy too, and also directing the episode. So I think that his performance and then the O'Brien Keiko per, uh, yeah plot are my best moment. I, I I agree with you uh, uh, 100% about the O'Brien Keiko thing, and I think you're, you're right to isolate the moment where the door doesn't open mm-hmm. and the pit of our stomach and O'Brien's stomach just drop to the floor. So, uh, But I'll also say, you know, for me, I, I genuinely was moved by Majel Barrett's, like, you know, a- admitting, and, like, I understand what it's like to, you know, to, mm-hmm. to want somebody who doesn't want you back, and, like, Odo knows... She's talking about him. She knows she's talking about him. He can't do anything to solve it. Mm-hmm. She can't do anything to solve it. And and you can see the emotion in her. Like, if, if you watch her performance there, just the, the hint of a glisten. She doesn't overdo it mm-hmm. uh, in the eyes. It's just a really excellent performance. So, for me, um, even though it's it's not the 
focus of the episode. I loved that little moment. Yeah, I'll take this opportunity to say kind of one of my nits to pick, and thank goodness she's so good, is that when you have somebody so good on as your guest star, I feel like with the exception of that scene, they bring her on as a MacGuffin. She, yeah, she's yeah, barely she's in the episode. She's, she doesn't really do anything, say anything. She's... I do like she's that she's unaware. It's not like she's intentionally doing it to try to get Odo, which is a right. which is a is a right, you know, is a version of the script that I would have hated. Right, sure. But I just feel like she's not really in it much. So thankfully that you get that big thing at the end. That's that's important. Yeah. And and it you're right, Keith. It, I think it speaks to a very specific also a very human experience that 14-year-old me. Yeah, actually I probably had it about four like, times at 14-year-old. But I mean like I I think I, I mean I think most of us have had it on both sides. Yeah, oh, 100%. At, at one point or another. Mm-hmm. So my nit would be that she's not kind of more involved. You got such a great, but but it is what it is. So yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, what do you say we hand out a certain type of stem bolts? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, coming off a pretty some a couple of episodes where we're really, uh, we, well, maybe one episode where some the stakes are being really developed. We're bringing up the Obsidian Order again. We're bringing up. We're getting back into it. This is a departure. <laughs> it's a quick. Yeah. It's definitely an audible. But as you said, maybe it's clearly it's cool to know that they had written ahead a bit. That they they had they had strategized out where kind of we're going for the season and if we have some big stuff coming up then cool let's take a rest bit i'm totally down for it especially like i said when we're all on the same page i expected uh and i guess it sounds like i'm right is that 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 a good portion of people think this one's too over the top yeah this is this is not a well-liked episode i think it's it's funny because i do not find it that ridiculous in fact i think that the MacGuffin is so well thought out because if it is a telepathic sort of creep then it's not people are acting as they probably would under such intoxication so that's cool and the little tidbit they add that that Bashir adds that it it has to be based on some sort of latent belief yeah actually plants some pretty interesting uh, oh here come the lawn guys some really interesting potential threads that we might see pulled later on and it plants seeds which is always cool whether they come to fruition or not we'll see i thought that like i said all of that really stands to juxtapose the 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 reality of a a marriage a long distance marriage and a and a good one that's the thing they have a good marriage yeah, and even yeah. good marriages come up against these esoteric obstacles and logistical obstacles and you know on its face long-term monogamous relationships are are challenging logistically the idea of I'm going to make this one thing work with this one person for a long period of time is is strains credulity in many (laughs) it does not stand up against many arguments but people choose to do that and and it is I think nice when we don't just slap lipstick on everything and say oh it's love at first sight and it's happily ever after because neither of those it's funny we keep bringing up uh 
Into the Woods, and that is kind of the, one of the plots of Into the Woods. Right. And yeah. it is true. There is work involved, and even when things are good, they're hard, and it takes a type of communication that's not always easy, and two people bring their own problems. And I think that O'Brien and Keiko, this is like the second or third time they've really used them as a symbol of a real grounded human relationship, and I think that that is so cool and so well done, and they handle it with such care, the two actors. Um, you know, and it's all symbolism and baked right in you know he, he's so excited to see her and he's nervous and she gets off and she's just frustrated not because she's a a, a a bee but because she's tired she's got the kid the kid's puking everywhere and it's just life right it's like oh i'm so yeah. excited for the romantic weekend and you're like oh real life is in my face on a 12-hour flight <laughs> yeah not feeling excited uh just just so good and having that in the episode up butted up against the crazy, oh, I'm into this person is 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 cool. I mean, I think we give a little short shrift to Jake and his heartbreak, uh, and the whole the whole Marta thing, which was like wasn't that like a couple episodes ago where they it was meeting the meet the parents time and that well, you know young love. Yeah, I guess you're right. I gotta say, man, it all worked for me. I got a, a there are there are a couple of legitimate chuckles. I thought that the pacing was really smart. I loved all of the production freedom that people had. It was brighter, it was more colorful, there were some cool shots, there was lots of fun stuff going on. I felt like Quark could have been more of a part of the episode, but it's such like, oh, we're doing a, a funny bit, let's let's get Armin in, but if he was gonna be a, if he was being a nudge, then fine, you don't get to play. Um, <laughs> I liked it. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, for me, and I usually love the more kind of like serious lore stuff in this particular show and the, the political intrigue, but this one, I, I loved it. Um, I don't want to get crazy carried away, so I want to go. I'm gonna, but I, you know, I think it's above a seventy for me. I think we're broaching into the eighties. I'm gonna say eighty-one stem bolts for a fun episode. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I agree with all of that, and I think that, um, you know, if I try to dissect why people don't like this episode, I, I think, I think we're sort of back in our justice for Keiko. Uh, Hashtag justice for Keiko situation here. And I, I I think part of it is, is you know, the sort of bummer of seeing, you know, it's, it's tough to watch people that you care about be in conflict. Also, so much of it gets handed to that relationship because mm. it's the only relationship on the show. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. all of our thoughts and feelings about the complexities and difficulties of marriage get dumped onto that relationship because it's the only one there. And so, um, so I, I, I sort of get that, that it could be a little bit of a bummer. And if you're 14, right. And this means nothing to you. It's like boring and annoying and you want to see stuff blow up and you want to get into the lore. Um, and I, I totally get that. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. I think it's fun. I think it's frothy. I think it's silly. Um, but in a way that it's funny, you, you, you mentioned the, uh, uh, if wishes were horses, um, which we hadn't quite earned yet. Mm. We hadn't earned that level of silliness, and we didn't know our characters well enough that this ep- this episode lives and dies on the track we've laid with these characters, so that we know they're acting out of character. That you know that that Dax having a crush on Cisco, like ooh, we know oh that's that's really awkward, and there's all these you know it's it only works if you know all of these people really well and you know their relationship, and so they've they've earned this in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, I, it, it's also, 
I, I think interesting to finally acknowledge Odo's crush on Kira. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which we have been building up to for a while. And, and we've certainly, that relationship has deepened and grown, but it, it was always there, right? You think about, you know, season one, you, you think about duet, you think about how, um, you know, they've, they've had, they've had a longer relationship than most of these other people. And so I think it's in the same way that, um, seeing Majel Barrett is a little heartbreaking with her feelings about Odo. It's kind of heartbreaking to watch Odo, you know, and like, it's, there's a young love element there too, right? Mm-hmm. Because as we watch Odo's heartbreak, it's like, oh, Barile's going to be here. It feels like those are 14-year-old feelings. Yeah, but, but that, Odo, that's a cool symbiote kind of too because, right, I was going to say, remember in yeah. the very beginning, he's very, you, you humans and your relationships, none of that makes any sense and blah, right. blah, blah. But then since he's had his sort of new awakening after meeting the, the founders, he's sort of... It's like his first love. Yeah. he 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 is... In his teenage, he is fourteen in romance at this point, yeah. and and I think that that is such an interesting layer to add to the character. I'm interested the, to learn whether Kira picks up on it and is is choosing, or she's just so consumed with where she's in with her relationship that she hasn't. Yeah, it, and it it will be very interesting, and like the the layers of vulnerability and depth that we have added to Odo over these three years, his character has developed more than any other character mm-hmm. on the show, by far. Um, so even though this is a sort of a silly, fun, frothy episode, the development of Odo, even in this, I think is is interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm not going to overthink it either. I think I think it was fun. The O'Brien Keiko stuff I, I resonated with, and uh, it's going to get 82. So, hey, all right, right stem bolts from me. Uh, have, have we, is the Chancellor going to weigh in? The Chancellor just finished the last episode, and she refused. I was like, well, I can bring you up to speed and watch the new one with me. And Keith, she wouldn't do it. So, Mm-mm. she's she's by the book. She's a professional. Yeah. That's why, that's why she's Chancellor. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, folks. If you enjoyed this nonsense, you can uh, be sure to give us a like and a subscribe. If you haven't already, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KNM and get all sorts of extra bonus nonsense. Uh, we have a bunch of other shows. Look at my Star Trek toys, KNM Geekly, and of course, we are just debuting Strange New Show, our show about strange new worlds. We're mm-hmm. going to be reviewing episode two on Friday can't wait lots of fun if you're listening to the podcast version of this you can do us a huge favor and leave a rating and review on whatever your podcasting service is i know you're listening our numbers have been pretty good mm-hmm. in the audio only and if version. you're a patron you get all of the shows well all of the star trek shows so you get uh, this one you get strange new show and you get KM geekly into your patreon feed weekly all together you're not think about it, it comes right to you boom there it is. So uh, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you back here next week with Past Tense, Ooh. part one. Ooh, a, a, tube, a tuber? We might have a tuber coming up. Otherwise, part one would be pretty weird. So uh, right. there That's it is. Point. That will be fun to talk about. Uh, so yeah, we will see you back here next week. Till then, this has been Keith and Mike. Watch Deep Space Nine. Thank you for watching KM Entertainment. If you enjoyed our particular brand of nonsense, please like and subscribe. Or become one of our patrons 
at patreon.com slash KNM.